Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo, and uh, I am, of course, joined by my intrepid co-hosts, Chris and Kurt. Hello, gents. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing, Carlo? I'm doing fine. I'm doing just terribly, terribly, Uh terribly. Oh, Uh, no. Someone has taken the sun and uh, put a sword through my empress Mm. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. Also, I'm I mean, in this weird ape dungeon. Uh, <laughs> it's really a bad situation. So I mean, really, going really what badly. We need, what we need here is more female psychers <laughs> to keep <laughs> the actors alive. Um, so we're going to be uh, for our next installment of Animation Month. We are watching Empress of Darkness. Uh, a story about really what the what an, a, a a fallen into darkness empire needs, which is really an alpha. Um, <laughs> so, um, Kurt, you're the one that actually um, uh, sort of pointed me in the direction of this film, and uh, so so do you want to uh, just? Give me a, a brief overview of how you found this, because uh, I, I understand <laughs> it, it, it took a, a couple of steps to get to this one, right? It was, yes. Okay, so so I've I've probably told parts of this movie, uh, parts of this story, parts of this movie, parts of this story uh, on the uh, the Spine of Night episode, which if you mm-hmm. haven't listened to, you should go listen to that because it was it was very fun, uh, and also uh, on our interview with the uh, two directors of the Spine of Night. Uh, which was also very fun, and you should also listen to that. And that was uh, that was a free episode, I, I, I believe. So you have no excuse if you haven't. But so I I have a real yen for uh, uh, independent animation. I love weird animation. I have a really high tolerance for like strange psychedelic stuff. And I had apparently seen an early promo trailer for the Spine of Night back in I think. I, I think those guys said it was probably like 2014 or 2015 and they had put I, it up I, yeah. and then took it down <laughs> because it, I, I think they said it was coming in 2017 and they went, Ooh, that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> and so they took the trailer down. <laughs> this had the effect of, of befuddling and mystifying me because I went, I know, I know that I saw some weird psychedelic nightmare, like epic sci fantasy thing. And I remember it, and I want to see if it ever came out. And so uh, back in, I guess it was probably like December, I started searching for just all the weird little animation projects that people do. And there's there's kind of like a, I guess since like the late 90s or early 2000s, there's been something of like like an independent animation renaissance, a very small renaissance. Um, uh, uh, although you've, you've seen bits and pieces and big people from it. Uh, rising to mainstream success, like the the Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends guy came out of that movement. The Adventure Time people kind of came out of that movement. Uh, Rebecca Sugar and and uh, her her whole team, their whole team, came out of that whole movement. Um, and and, and so I was kind of trolling, trolling through all of those films and projects as you know of the last. <laughs> of the last few years uh, until I don't know if you can hear that, but what, what one of my dastardly cats knocked something very heavy onto the floor, <laughs> of the, uh-huh. a floor above me. So, um, and I was ma- and as I was fruitlessly searching for the spine of night until at last I found it by dint of logging into shutter and it appearing before me, uh, <laughs> I found um, this fella by the name of Nick DiLiberto, who is an independent uh, animator and 
by all appearances, both a genius and a maniac because he has made two feature films entirely hand animated by him. And they're each like an hour and change uh, and just really unique art style, strange concepts and just utterly unlike anything else I, I had seen. And this was one of them. And I watched it. Uh, I watched the other one also called Nova scene, uh, Nova seed. And I was like, Holy shit, this is weird and cool. And we should talk about it because it's very much in that vein of like dying earth. But this also really gets into some, some more traditional fantasy stuff too. I don't know. It's just strange. And I wanted to talk about it and I knew that you guys would be into it. And so when you said animation, I was like, ah, I have one. <laughs> I had three or four as it, as it turned out, but you're doing your part. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, I, I honestly was, uh, was very charmed by this. I think I, I've, I've described this to other people is like, imagine the sort of the kind of, it's not exactly a one for one, but sort of like the weird noodle noodly, um, animation from, from like adventure time, mm -hmm. but sort of gone through a weird like it the same colorful yeah. colorful like super bubblegum you know really cheerful colors but then wash through some really fucking grotesque <laughs> shit because th this is quite violent for mm. uh like it, it it's really a, an odd juxtaposition and i think it really works because when uh, like that whole initial sequence uh, is really effective at sort of showing you just how sort of fucked Alpha the main character is. Um, so, so just to give a brief synopsis, uh, it, it it's sort of I'm not even spoiling anything because I think it's like at the <laughs> before the movie even starts, there's like a voiceover saying this is not a story about hopeful, <laughs> hopeful and happy endings. This is a story about you know a darkness and blah blah. Uh, and basically, the I think you'd mentioned it already. Um, the Empress of the Cosmos or whatever. Uh, has been basically she's been killed. She's uh, uh, they've stuck a sword through her. Uh, she's just basically dead on her beer with the sword through her chest. Uh, in I I suppose the throne room or an altar or something to that effect in the in her you know the 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 castle or palace or what have you, and uh, it then cuts away to basically that. The world is now plunged into eternal darkness because shit's fucked. Sh <laughs> yes, uh, much much like another character that we've spent a lot of time discussing, uh, hmm. who seems to be connected to the sun in some way. The Empress is connected to the sun, and uh, <laughs> since she's dead, sun's sun's not there anymore. And uh, so uh, the 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 scene opens with basically, uh, as you, as you mentioned, Kurt, a monk, an ape dungeon. Uh, I guess these are, yeah. these are not the bored apes. These no, are the all, violent all apes, apes. All my apes very much here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the very violent apes. They're entertaining themselves by basically, um, uh, taking this race of sort of elf ish, but with wings and tails type of people, and they're just basically pulping them and drinking their blood. I I don't know because it's not nothing spelled out here, but I'm going to guess that this is sort of um, because there's no sun, there's not much that can be grown. Hmm. So maybe this is how they. Oh eat. yeah, true. I don't know. So my my understanding of it was that was that they had formed basically a a cargo cult, almost trying to worship the dark god thing that mm. had killed the empress and that they thought that by sacrificing or as you say as you so poetically put it pulping uh <laughs> alpha's race um they could gain his favor and so they they thought that they were they're they're, they're kind of like hangers on like the dark god and his minions actually don't care at all uh about them but they have convinced themselves that actually, you know, they're 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 at the cool kids table. And if if they just, you know, d devastate this like ruling race badly enough, they'll they'll win favor. 
um, we'll see. seem to be part of it, and and that that by doing that they could also bring the sun back. Yeah. Well, this these these are the, see these are the man apes. Uh. <laughs> yeah. These yeah these very much are the man apes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how many different types of of ape there were. There, there's like a little one that scurries around. There's like some some like little guys who live down in a basement. There's a there's <laughs> there's a there's like a priest ape. There's a guy with this like long grabber thing that they use to grab mm-hmm. the grab people's necks and like force them into torture. Uh, and he also uses it to fucking power slam one of the the evil yeah, horde yeah, yeah, on his good. head. His brains blow up. <laughs> yep. Well, don't forget the little uh, like I guess the little cook apes that have the long spoons. Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 Who do um, uh, who do who do alpha solids surprisingly yeah yes yes also uh and the the one that's the most grotesque is the one that's uh, like set up to uh, basically chain uh, uh sort of inspect the um the 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 members of alpha's you know uh, uh cohort who are then sort of like basically they clap a shackle around their necks who that is then connected to a chain that pulls them inexorably into the pulper, basically <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the juicer, if you will, the great uh, ape. Yeah. Uh, is the, the juicero. Um, <laughs> I, the, go ahead. I, I think like, I liked um, in this scene in particular, I love how like detailed everything is. Like it's, it's way more detailed than you would get in typical animation. Uh, like mm-hmm. <clears throat> I like some of the, some of the apes have like, a cloth draped over their face, almost like a, almost like, like mock executioner style. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I just like that. That's just a neat touch that you wouldn't like think. And I, I have to admit that I, I didn't think too hard about why they were doing this. It just looked like some like badass like fantasy shit. So, <laughs> well, the, the, it very much is. It very much is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but but Chris, to your point, like uh, the 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 ape uh, that I was mentioning basically had. Uh, their eyes, his eyes or her, her eyes, I don't know, uh, plucked out and they're sewn shut. So, mm. so, so it, it, it's blind and you see that it inspects each one of them and make sure that they have long ears. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the, the right oh, shape I of ears. I didn't and all. catch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, to be fair, like I, I was like looking at it and I was like, oh, of course, because because it's you know. The, the inspection ape is blind. He's you doing ape phrenology to. or elf phrenology. <laughs> yes. Except that measuring the ears, you know, if the ears are pointy, got to go in the pulper. I'm sorry. Hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but, but all of that, uh, to, to your point, Chris, all that detail really uh, builds on that really oppressive sort of like a uh, very propulsive feeling that, Alpha's fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It nothing. Really nothing works. good is happening. Absolutely nothing good is is happening. It's just like a mechanic. It's it's it feels very fascist. Like it's a very mechanical. Mm-hmm. Just like this is what we're doing, and you are grist in in the mill. Um. Mm-hmm. And while that's going on, one of the things that I loved about this movie was it has this very like pounding, oh like, my god, trance music almost. It mm-hmm. reminds me of like Juno Reactor. Mm-hmm. Um. And it yep. just it really gives it this weird like this both this tension and this sense of of almost like dr- dreamlike propulsion where you're just kind of flowing along, um like a yeah. like like in a fucked up river. And you're like, well, I wonder what's around the next bend. Probably nothing good. Yeah, like the the drums are so loud. I feel like it's almost like like it's probably like clipping. You know, like it's it's like um it felt like it was going to bust my my speakers <laughs> yeah the so, the sound mix is 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 unusual in this because it's worth it's worth mentioning that um uh nick neil the, all the all the sound is like foley sound it sounds like they mm. it, it sounds like they they got like pots and pans and stuff and were like hitting it to make sounds so like you know when somebody drops the sword it it sounds like a like a metal cup being dropped on the ground or thrown at the ground um, most of the speaking voices are either the director slash writer slash animator, Nick DiLiberto. Soul or, animator. Soul animator. Yeah. Uh, or they're one other guy, J- uh, John Jelinek. Oh, I, 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 I should mention there, the, the, the use of Foley sounds is actually uh, a slight 
production upgrade over his previous feature, Nova Seed, where he literally just made all the sounds with his mouth. So, like, when people were sword fighting, he literally is going, ting, ting, ting. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> the microphone was fucking rules, man. I, I loved that. But but I, I also like this, where it sounded like it sounded like he got, like, a big sheet of metal for, like, for the thunder, like, like Looney Tunes style and was hitting it with a mouth. <laughs> ah, that's so great. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the, the, so, so, um, one of the things, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because one of the things that I, 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 I kept on thinking when I, when I watched this, uh, was I think in one of our previous episodes, we'd, we'd, we'd mentioned sort of like offhandedly, like, oh yeah, this is the type of thing you'd be like in a club and you'd see on the screen and you'd hear the music and, you know, mm-hmm. or, or have it in the background of a party, you know, just to sort of like, have a mood going, you know, mm-hmm. and this, honestly, the, the music and the visuals are sufficient to have like a weird, almost sort of rave party going on. Just throw this up on big screens, mm. pump up the, the, the soundtrack to this and just let it go, man. Because yeah, honestly, it, it'd yeah. be a bad vibe, but it would be a good rave. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, so I mean, obviously, um, uh, the 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 setup is is well done. It feels very much like Alpha is not going to get uh, sort of out of this predicament because he gets basically um, shackled and pulled. He's basically on the rim of the of the mouth of the the big mechanical pulper and, and, and ready the, to be the, made into blood blood juice the uh, previous ahead. guy who went into it has a very graphic sequence of oh his flesh God, yes. melting off his bones and and like like his eyeballs bursting and blood mm. spraying and, and again it's in this it's in that like adv- it's it's like adventure time uh uh cli zelda animation like new grounds like very colorful kind of like friend it's not it's not friendly like it's not one of those it's not one of those styles where it's like oh it's cute animals being brutalized it's not it's not like that but it does it does very much feel like i i think that when you invoked it uh adventure time carlo you were exactly right it feels like like what if finn the human hit someone with his sword and all their all their guts came out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, uh, and, and, and it's, it's really like, it's really effective. I, I feel like it's, it's, it's such an odd, um, uh, dissonance, right? Because yeah. you've got these, these very colorful, you know, like a very colorful, uh, set of characters. The, the, the color palette for the entire thing is, is amazing. Like it's magentas and, and bright, yellows and greens and so on and so forth and then suddenly well there you go you you hit him so hard his eyes popped out you know he's like <laughs> jesus christ why yeah. and, and and alpha's alpha's people feel like they don't belong mm-hmm. in this situation like they feel like they should be you know having yeah like above it or having happy-go-lucky things going on and they just seem so frail and mm-hmm. like like they feel like uh like the Eloy and the Morlocks and they mm. feel like like the Eloy and it's like oh the fact that they're here is is deeply threatening um mm-hmm. and you you do get kind of like a hint of like i don't know they it, there there there's maybe like a hint of them being like a little bit pompous or or like decadent purely from their designs mm-hmm. um but the juxtaposition of them and like the weird brutal art style and the apes uh, is very off-putting. It mm-hmm. it yeah. feels like yeah. It, it it feels like like the pound puppies falling into an H.P. Lovecraft novel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think uh, I think what like works most for the cartoony style for me is like the cartooning style is uh, that it it really allows um, the director to lean into um, very like. Uh, uh, like cartoony looking monsters that like so it's not the typical like same fantasy type monsters you see over and over again like an orc and or a you know like the say everything seems like based off the urukai you know what i mean like that mm-hmm. but like th- these are just like like you said colorful they're like weird shapes and sizes and like he 
like leaning into this more, you know, adventures time style allows that variety. Um, and Mm -hmm. it really works for the world. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, at the last minute, uh, alpha is uh, quote saved (laughs) by the fact that like suddenly, uh, the, in their midst is a, a hulking hooded figure who just pulls off his hood and it's like this just grotesque like his head is like weird weird shaped uh, just like flat head uh sort of like one eyes blind because he's got a you know like a badass fighting scar on it and fangs and a, a long you know magenta beard that he's got tied up and he's just like basically you know calls for an attack and um it turns out that they these are servants of uh, I forget the the Graxus, the, the Lord of Darkness. <laughs> R- well, name. yeah, that. But is that the um, because it, there's also the uh, the new emperor who is I forget what his name was. He looks like a giant like lizard guy. Graxus is the god thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they ever actually give a name uh, to the the other guy. It, it's. So there's only five credited voices uh, in the cast list. There's the mentor, which may be that guy. There's Purple Sacrifice, which definitely isn't. There's Alpha. We know who that is. There's the evil horde, and there's Graxus. So hmm. that that guy's either just an unnamed part of the evil horde, v- voice credit Nick DiLiberto, or he's <laughs> the mentor, in which case it's John Jelinek doing his voice. And I, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. But yes, yeah, there's. There's like a there's like a new emperor, new king who kind of looks looks like a frog sort of, mm-hmm. um, but and then he has like a main henchman, and then above them is the the god thing. Yeah. Anyway, so they they attack all the all the apes and uh, basically just like kill the fuck out of them, yeah. <laughs> slice them, dice them, like brain them. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like you said, Kurt, like uh, the, the, the apes are not uh, taking it lightly either, but like one of the big guys uh, uses the same uh, sort of like neck, like the, 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 the catcher thing, like basically is that he would grab the uh, alphas people by the neck and uses it to grab one of the smaller henchmen and just like whip them around and like pound them onto the ground and just uh, you see brains just leak out of his head uh it, it is it is brutal it honestly like even even though like it's it's sort of weird right the the arrows look like they they shoot arrows they use uh like all the weapons look really um they're not, they're not super animated i think the only um weapon that we get that looks like really super uh, detailed is the actual sword that killed the Empress later yeah. on. Uh, all of the other ones look very sort of um, they're, they're crudely drawn and it's fine. It, it doesn't really matter because it, I think it fits in with everything else. Uh, it, it's just something to point out because it, it's a lot of fun to watch uh, as like, you know, big ape guy does his, his thing whips, uh, and brains the other guy like the invading force and then gets shot with like 50 arrows. <laughs> yeah. And it, it gives it a very Conan type feel for, for me, because one of the things that always stuck out to me about um, Robert E. Howard's stories is that he understood that a weapon doesn't need to be flashy to kill you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. getting getting grabbed around the neck by a big burly guy is just as bad as the magic sword, you know, striking you with its magic powers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this these are it's very it's a very unsentimental depiction of like fantasy violence. It's it's just like, well, this guy's got a sharpened stick and he stabs you a bunch of times with it and all your blood comes out. And that's that's how it ends. It's not it's not this kind of like epic it's it's not like an epic violence of of like oh, you know, they're having a duel with lightsabers. It's just like, well, that guy's dying now. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. happened to him. Well, and 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 to your point, like the um the the main commander, the 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 guy that was hidden uh and, and has the the you know, the the one eye, uh basically is just ho- holding like two basically looks like two machetes. Yeah. Uh, 
So it's it's not even like yeah, like you said, it's not trying to uh, make the weapons look like super romantic or anything like that. It's like these these will fucking kill you. That, and, that's and all you need to know. Nobody's doing like like epic sword fighting stuff either. They're just mm-hmm. kind of running up to people and stabbing them a bunch of. It, it reminds me of of the way that like prison fights are depicted in mm. in movies, where it's like this guy's got a sharpened screwdriver and he grabs someone's arm and lifts it up and stabs him a bunch of times in the side, yep. and that's it. That's all that it takes. It doesn't. They don't need to square off and be you know flipping. It, like they, they don't need to be doing you know like uh, Game of Thrones you know cool sword guy stuff. It's just brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and so in the midst of this, uh, Alpha manages to to basically break free of his chain um, after some some uh, sort of like trying to evade things. Uh, I I believe it's the giant ape guy that gets gets killed. Uh, just basically tell yells to escape, and he tries to fly. Because uh, he's got these little sort of wings, and um, he 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 does he he try because the 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 entire layer has opens up into the sky, um, and so he he tries to do that, and one of the arrows clips him. So then he's he has to resort to just like running, and uh, he manages to escape uh, in the midst of all this carnage. Uh, like you said, uh, Kurt, the the little cook monkeys, uh, <laughs> basically, it, it it's sort of funny, but then like you realize that they're both doomed uh, because all they all they have are two long wooden spoons. Long spoons, yes, they have long <laughs> spoons, yes, to, that they just like conk the 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 guy that's trying to shoot him again. Uh, they conk him on the head several times, and then like they get killed. Or, or I don't know that we see them get killed, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's presumed. Yeah, they get thrown in the corner, and it's presumed that nothing good will happen. Now, although, so, so, so jumping back real quick, there is one thing that we skipped over, which is which is one of the few significant plot points, which I want to come back to later because it's the big question I, ha- I have about the film is oh, that's um, right, Alpha's father, uh, who, or at least I I interpreted it as as his father, um, mm-hmm. grabs him. I thought, he, I thought he, that might be that might be the mentor. The mentor, yeah, yes, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that that's definitely one of the possible mentors. <laughs> um, so, like, Alpha picks up like a spear and start and does start doing cool guy spear stuff, and the mentor is like, "Wait, stop! If you if you kill, the curse of Graxus can never be broken, and it it will be dark forever. You can't kill." Um, and so he drops the spear and 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 runs, uh, basically, and that's like one of the few pieces of plot information there's only there's very little dialogue in in this that's one of the few pieces of plot detail that you get in the in the entire thing and so mm. at least for a while we're operating under the assumption that that uh you know he 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 can't fight back although he does kill a dog thing so it's, I, I i don't know if that counts <laughs> And then he escapes. Um, I, yeah. Well, I think no, no. So, so the mentor tells him specifically. I think the it's not necessarily the um, that he can't kill. It's that he needs to uh, get to the empress. He needs to take the sword, but he can't use it. And, oh, and okay. That, that he can't use the sword is something that he says after Alpha runs away. Uh, uh, so it's like his, like with his dying breath, he's like, oh, but don't use it or something to that effect. And, um, well, <laughs> Alpha didn't hear that part. So, uh, w- w- you know, we will, we will come back to that, uh, a little later, I suppose. Um, because like, uh, there is that entire sequence, uh, right before the, the ending, you know, the denouement, uh, where Alpha basically <laughs> he, he goes Rambo. He he takes his <laughs> yes. hair down. He's sharpening stakes. He fucks a whole bunch of people up. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, but we're it's not really there good. yet. Not yet. Not there yet. But he's escaping, and I do. Oh my God, those those weird beholder <laughs> things. <laughs> the flying orbs with eyes. And oh, hands. they look so cool too. Mm. Like again, it's it's another thing that it's they they look 
weird, but also the colors are so just bright and it's, it just draws the eye, you know? Uh, it kind uh-huh, of reminds me of, of, of like one of the like NES or Super Nintendo, like Castlevania games to an extent mm. where it's like, it's very bright colors to make people stand out, but it's also this kind of weird, gross, blobby, melty looking stuff. So yeah, it's like, they're like big eyes with mouths and little mm-hmm. wings and they fly little along. Wings, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, this is, uh, honestly the, the chase sequences is, it's, there is an extended chase sequence. Yeah. It's and, like, seven, it's uh, like 60% of the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it, it's, it's, it's well done, but it, it, I, I don't want to say it drags. I think it's simply that I, f- I felt so much for alpha by this time that you're like, come on, man. I, Things got to start looking up somehow. Yeah. Man. Well, well, what what I like about it is it it evokes a pulp sensibility because mm. to 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 discuss Conan again, um, one of the things about Robert E. Howard's writing in particular, and really a, a lot of pulp, is the care to the, the care and poeticism with which they describe uh, combat and violence and like danger. So you know you'll if you read a Conan story, it's not just like Conan flipped the axe around and did some cool stuff. It's it's like summoning up the strength of a thousand men. The the noble son of Samaria hefted the bone cleaver, which shone with the light of the new age. And and like it's just all this like very poetic description of action. So that you know, Conan. There, there's a sequence that I like to quote from one of the Conan stories where it takes five paragraphs to describe Conan punching a lizard man. <laughs> and and the animation, I feel, gives that same quality where it's got that tension of like, not a lot is, you can, like, you summarized it pretty well in terms of it's a chase scene. People are chasing Alpha and he's running away. And like, there's some stuff that happens in there. Like he climbs up a tree and someone chops the tree down. He jumps to the next tree, blah, blah, blah. But it feels so involved that it ratchets up the tension. And it's just this endless, like one moment of danger after another moment of danger after another moment of danger. And it has a much different feel to it than building up to one action that happens very quickly mm-hmm. the way you might in say a star wars movie where or yeah. or a more stereotypical example might be dragon ball z where you spend several episodes talking about the the cool thing that's going to happen the cool thing happens in 30 seconds and then it's over this there's just a lot happening all the time Everyone seems to be in danger for a long time. And it's exhausting to watch. And it's exhausting in the same way that reading Mm -hmm. old pulp fight scenes is. Mm -hmm. This is going to be maybe a weird comparison, but uh, it it reminds me of some of the uh, Buster Keaton features. Yes, yes. It's the train or uh, uh, the general. The general. general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I was just thinking that before you said it. Yeah. It's one long set piece of like you know a chase and there's like goofs and gags all along the way and he you know he's in like there's he's in danger and he he gets himself out of it and then oops there's a next thing he has to like overcome and it's it's very similar to that and and around the same like length wise too mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh th- there's there's a sequence where he he's able to find like a, a an entrance to like some i guess forgotten tomb or temple i i i don't rem i i I'm not entirely sure. It's like a mausoleum, yeah. It seems seems like like a mausoleum or shrine or something, yeah. And uh, he finds like an offering and he's like, oh, finally some, some food. Uh, And, and he finds out that the, the, whatever he was trying to eat was just basically, it's just rot, rotten or, or or it's, you know, been hollowed out. It's been sort of, uh, it's not good for him anymore. By a cool little bug who becomes his friend. (laughs) Yes, yes, that 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 is sort of funny, right? But then um, he it it sets in motion uh, something that uh, that uh, it comes to bear later, right? Because he sees like these eyes pop out, and then suddenly it's like a, a weird creature uh, shows up, and he's like, "Oh well." He gives the creature. Uh, he notices that the creature 
like limps out. It's got an arrow in its hindquarters, and he gives it, you know, whatever he's got because he's not going to eat it. So he might as well give it away, and uh, and manages to uh, take the arrow out of the creature, and it runs away, which then becomes important mainly because the um, the 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 thing, the creature, the I I hesitate to call it like a griffin or whatever. Yeah, it has like little wings and it's something similar to like a Very griffin. But not, yeah, but but then they they he's crossing these mountains and uh, it turns out that the scent uh, that the uh, the the commander and his minions have been following is actually the creature. And they basically they they're they're led to a dead end, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to to the creature's nest, and the, uh, they they basically just kill it. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, it, it you know Alpha has like been climbing down the side of the mountain, like they toss the creature's head uh, uh, behind uh, uh, the the guy that made the mistake of following the wrong scent, um, and sort of like you know Alpha is just like sees it and sort of has to sort of grimly carry on and be like, well, you know, yeah, it's it's like this, it's this process of taking everything away from him because, because alpha very much starts as kind of like the, the, the wimp, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of like, like a, like he, he's, he seems to be some kind of a prince maybe of this like ruling family is the impression that I got of it. And so Maybe he's, you know, a combatant, but he's like a cultured combatant, right? And this is a brutal world that he's not he's not ready for and he doesn't really mm-hmm. belong in. And so all that he can do is run. And the the, the 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 throughout the chase scene, he's like trying to form connections with things and he's trying to find some humanity. And the horde just keeps taking things away from him. And he makes this little bond with this creature and he can't even have that. And they kill it in front of him and throw the head down, you know, like not even knowing that he's there. It's just like, they're just, they're just shitheads Mm -hmm. and that's just what they do. Um, And it's all kind of conspiring to push him towards, you know, what, what happens later where he's like, fuck it. I'm just a fuck it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go totally Rambo on everyone. Well, I mean, so let's let's move to that because it's not it's not long after this, right? They, well, there they, is a moment before that where where he has his he he has his moment of of his his, his uh uh what is it his uh, dark night of the soul moment or maybe that's what you're what maybe that's what you were going to talk about. Well, he 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 has a I, if I'm if I'm uh, reading or I'm picking up what you're saying, it, it he does have a moment where he finds like a a. Uh, like a monument to the queen uh, and he prays to it and uh, he asks her to do something for him. And uh, they've, they've been basically uh, from the beginning uh, and perhaps not, uh, you know, alpha isn't really conscious of this. They've been following because he's been leaving like a blood trail. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in this moment, uh, and this is like one of these things where it's like, well, is it or isn't it? Um, it th- there's a subtle moment, right? Because he's sitting there, he's praying. He's like, "Please help me do something." And uh, you see that the blood that dripped off of him, basically, uh, a, a a the rain comes in, and he keeps on moving. He's like, "Well, nothing's happening," but the the rain comes in and washes away the traces of his blood. So it's like it's like one of these things that you know it feels like a subtle, a very like if the empress uh, exists at all in in any way, shape, or form, her power is very muted. It's it's got to work mm. in subtle ways, right? Mm. Um, so after that, he gets you know like I think that the 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 point that I was trying to get to is that he gets surrounded, right? He gets wounded again. Um. And he's like in a pool of water, and and honestly, this is a I found it really sort of moving, right? Because mm-hmm. he has this moment; he's like on all fours, he's staring into the water, staring at his reflection. His blood is leaking out of him, and slowly, his reflection and the blood, uh, the the magenta blood, the, just to 
visually is hard. Uh, like this is a visual thing. It's hard to explain all at once, but the, the queen is a different color. She's sort of like Alpha's sort of a blue guy. And the queen is a magenta gal. And uh, the, the blood leaking out of him is that same color. And it melds with his reflection in such a way that he sees the empress uh, sort of reflected back at him. And he's like asking her to please do something, please help him. And like something, I, I don't remember exactly if there's anything other than just the fact that the empress's reflection just stares back at him blankly uh, is what causes him to snap because <laughs> like <laughs> right after that, he grabs like an air that an arrow nearby and just like murks the it's first the arrow minion. that he pulled out of his side. That's and okay. Yeah. He that's s- what it was. shanks a guy through the nose into the brain. My, so my impression was it's him. He's kind of casting off the pretext that, uh, praying will do anything, even though, mm. even though, like it, it may be he's finding he's finding himself mm. as the the per the only person who can do anything about his situation is is himself, and he yeah. spent all this time just running and trying to survive, and now he goes, well, I'm gonna fight. But it, it's very it, it's very much like the end of something like 28 Days Later, where the guy mm. who's kind of been like the Jamoke all of a sudden goes, well, I'm going to go total sicko mode and, and fight back. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, conveniently, they're very, very good at it. And they, you know, mm-hmm. they managed to kill a whole bunch of people. Um, but it, it, it does feel earned. Like he's, his, his, his face is just being dragged through shit the whole movie. And, you know, he's get all his friends are getting killed. His family gets killed. You know, he's pathetic. He can only barely escape over and over again. And then, you know, he's been shot in the gut. And he ties a leaf over it, and then, as you said, just grabs the arrow and shanks the guy. Uh, and there's a really nice, there's a really nice visual effect where they've kind of been showing his eyes with this kind of glow, like very foreground. His color is like very, very, very much pops out of the foreground. And um, as he reaches this realization that, like, n- no, like you're in the real world now, it, it, there's kind of like like flashes of lightning. And mm-hmm. y- you see his face go from looking very animated and kind of like upbeat to being very like masked in shadow and kind of hidden. And he's got this very like empty gaze mm-hmm. to him where yep. he's he's kind of accepted the, you know, the brutality of the situation. and He's ready to deal with it on that level. I th- yeah, I I found it very moving, too, for, for all that, you know, like it's. It's not exact. This isn't meant as an insult. It's not exactly like sumptuous animation, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's 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 not simplistic, but it's it's you know it's it's kind of wiggly and a little bit mm-hmm. wobbly, and it's got a very like it's it's not great to call it outsider art because you know the director and, and animator is, is like a trained you know like artist, but but it 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 doesn't feel pol- it feels unpolished, but in a mm-hmm. good way. It feels raw. Um, and yeah, that yeah. really, that is really effective in moments like this, where you're like, "Damn, like this, there's no, there's no varnish on it, right? There's no, there's no swelling score to make you feel a it, certain way. It's just like, it's, here's the shit." It, I think it, it, it. Uh, to your point, Kurt, it doesn't feel to, and and this is like, it it doesn't feel like one of those Pixar. Like these are the eight steps to get the audience to cry before you know eight yes. minutes into the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and granted, Pixar's really good at that, but it's also you it's know, engineered. It, it's very. It, it's exactly. It's it, there is a formula to it, and this doesn't feel like that moment doesn't feel that way, right? It feels. Uh, I mean, obviously, he he's. Diliberto has worked a lot to get to that point uh, so that, you know, like he, he, he's thought a lot about how to make and construct the story to this point mm-hmm. uh, to, to get there. But it also, it hides 
to a certain degree because of everything that's happened and the way that it's written and the way that it's animated and all that stuff. It it feels like you're in it. You're mm-hmm. not you're not aware of this like the 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 stitches and, and how it's put together. Yeah, I, I I mean I think that's like with with him being such a central creative force in this, it, you know, p- putting aside all the other middlemen that would like you know mediate this other stuff we usually watch, I, you you feel a stronger sense to like stronger uh, connection to to the director. Like it, like this is like a, a creative dude giving his vision directly to you. Um, mm-hmm. And it really um, puts you much, much more into it than than it would be otherwise, I feel like. Yeah. And it it, it cuts out a lot of the shorthand mm-hmm. as a result of that, that personal aspect, because he's presenting like a very personal vision. And as you say, it's not massaged through a bunch of other uh, middlemen, which I think is the exact right term. Um, it, it always makes you think of like, okay, I love Back to the Future. I think it's very effective. But- mm-hmm. They really cheat with that Back to the Future, uh, you know, theme uh, light motif. That dun, 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 dun. Like, like whenever mm. something, whenever, whenever something heroic or cool happens, dun, 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 it's like, well, now you're supposed to feel good. Here's, here's you to feel good. Like, and and this doesn't do that. It's just, it's just you drawing, um like um, emotion and meaning out of what is presented to you without the shorthand of like, well, here's an exciting theme from, I don't know who, who, who did back to the future. Was that John Williams or was it someone else? Probably someone else. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, I, I wouldn't it, be surprised if it is John Williams. Yeah, anyway. it's, it's, it's a very effective theme and they use it to indicate like, now's the part that you feel good. And they don't do that in, in this and and you have to feel good or bad and like grapple with how you feel about it without your hand being held through it be, because it's probably totally clear to the creator because it's 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 his vision and he's doing all the work um and yeah. you are the audience to you and you're there to interpret it and if you misinterpret it that's not anybody's problem but your own <laughs> <laughs> and 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 to your point Kurt I I do think uh I mean I'd have to go back and check but like if I'm remembering correctly, like even this moment, like the the musical score just is completely like muted or or brought down to a level that is not. It's basically not a factor in that moment. There is a kick-ass revenge music that starts. So so, so the yeah, the yeah. way that the music plays out in this film is basically just like two or three minute long pieces or loops. Uh, almost it doesn't it doesn't like rise and fall with a particular action on screen the way that Mm -hmm. like like a big you know studio production does it's like here's the theme music for the next four scenes and they just it just kind of plays um yeah it it is it it is sort of it is sort of funny because like once he uh like going back to the escape sequence once he starts running you hear suddenly oh well this is the new track (laughs) yeah exactly kicking in It is it is funny, but but you're you're right. You're right. But um, by the way, Alan Silvestri did Back to the Future, and he he also did mm. a whole bunch of stuff. He did Clan of the Cave Bear, Fight of the Navigator, uh, Predator. A, a, a whole, a whole, actually, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? He also did. Yeah. Yep. So so, a, but not uh, not John Williams. Mm, okay. Well, there we go. Um. So so um. I guess we can move on to. Uh, let's just get through this because this is, I I just found it. It's really entertaining because it is, it is a revenge. Like this is the moment where, as you said, Kurt, uh, this is Rambo, right? He alpha just basically puts on his headband and he he even takes his hair down. It's it's, it's so funny because basically he, he takes the arrow and he, he just basically uh, shoves it up the, the, the dude's nose, his Axe that he's like the the minion's axe goes flying in the air. He grabs the axe. He keeps on upgrading his weapons. Right? It's it's great. It's great. It really works. Um, and slowly, uh, he gets he picks off all the minions until the the commander is alone, basically. And uh, that's really the the fight we've been waiting for because that's the one that the 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 big bad guy. 
uh, or, or as I believe the the terminology is the the dragon character, right? He's he's not mm-hmm. the main he's he's not the main bad guy. He's the enforcer, mm-hmm. right? He's the muscle. Uh, so he's the one that uh, we've been waiting for Alpha to just you know give him his comeuppance, serve him serve him some some crow to eat, and uh, you know he he fights him. Uh, he, the, the the guy's just like massive too, so it's he's it's not really uh, to Alpha's advantage to really try to go toe to toe with him, uh, but he tries to and. Uh, he he gets backed up against another monument to the queen uh where uh, basically he's like you know he he calls upon the queen to help uh please because he's like basically he's been disarmed uh the the commander's going to basically just chop his head off or cleave him to half or something like that and he raises his hands to pray and this time something happens the monument gets struck by lightning and it falls. Oh, well, and I should point out that the commander is tears off his shirt in, in brilliant uh, sort of res- <laughs> wrestling match uh, <laughs> etiquette, tears he, off his shirt. And, he goes Hulkamaniac. Yeah, yeah. And then, but that displays the key to the palace because uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Alpha actually gets to the palace doors, but it's locked uh, and chained up. And uh, this is the, you know, obviously we're, we're shown the only key uh, there. So we make the connection that this is the key that will get him into the palace. And so, you know, the the lightning strikes the monument and bam, it just falls on the commander and just, uh, just decimates him. He's mm-hmm. just flattened by it. Smashed, smashes his brains. I love, by the way, that uh, th- so... Alpha shoots an arrow directly into the commander's eye, but it turns out to be a fake eye. And so <laughs> and so the arrow got stuck in his fake eye and he just pulls it out and it pulls the fake eye out too and he throws it aside and that's how he winds up fucked because Alpha, you know, Alpha had his arrow and he shot it and by all means it should have killed him, but because of the kind of like you know, the 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 artificiality of the enemy mm-hmm. it makes him you know l- less vulnerable to what should have killed him i thought that was that, that was a neat little uh, uh detail yeah yeah that's great i mean honestly it's it's a, it's a great fight uh i i do think that it it sort of uh to, to your point kurt it shows that the commander you know is basically uh it, sh- it should have basically killed alpha it's, you know this should have ended with alpha dead but you know by some weird coincidental intercession. Uh, and again, I, I think that this is like, uh, it's, it's like the, um, the idea that the Empress is, she's not fully in this world, but she can still sort of influence things somehow. Maybe, I don't know. It's also subtle. It, it, it could be coincidence. It could be just, you know, she's somehow, you know, reaching through and 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 tipping things just just enough uh to to do something uh but but who knows uh so so he he reaches the palace and he's devastated to find that after all this she is basically a mummy uh, she is dead. She's he. I, I guess we, as the audience, uh, much like Alpha, were expecting her to be perfectly preserved, and she's just like skeletal and sort of mummified. And he is overcome by like despair, but still pulls the sword out, and that's you know, more or less at that point the uh, the big king, the new emperor guy, shows up to try to uh, basically uh, stop Alpha from restoring the Empress. And he does what we expect him to do, which is what he shouldn't do, which is the, the <laughs> warning the warning that <laughs> his mentor gave him that he never heard, which is don't use the sword, but he does mm-hmm. to kill the, 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 
you know, the invading emperor or the one that that's currently in charge. And and to that point of earlier, he he wrecks him. It's not like a big fight. It's just uh, you know, he he lifts the sword, the new emperor guy tries to chop him and it breaks his sword and then he just jabs him in the gut and that's that's mm-hmm. basically the that's end it. of that guy. Uh, it's which which is you know th- to be fair you know if if you lose a sword fight it doesn't need to be a bunch of super cool moves you can just get poked in the gut and that's uh not great <laughs> yeah. it's not good <laughs> <laughs> not great Bob even if you're a big frog emperor guy yep sadly even even big frog emperor guys but <laughs> then then it's Dark Souls time <laughs> as it oh, turns out for sure. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. That that's the part that feels like really sort of like, oh shit, this is not good. So, so I guess uh, through the body of that emperor, or or something to that effect, uh, the the sword basically the the floor falls out from under uh, under both of them. Uh, Alpha is able to cling to the edge, and uh, from below. Uh, I'm gonna guess it's the sword itself that then becomes uh, sort of becomes embodied as Graxus itself because the sword itself has like these gems that like these three gems that look like eyes and then they open like all you see are three eyes open up in the darkness. Um, so uh, I'm I'm gonna guess that that's the connection that that uh, you know that Diliberto is wanting us to make here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I think that's a good connection yeah 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 it, it feels like it's it's connected to him in some way it's a relic uh, in some way imbued by him or connected to him and so you you awaken the sword and you awaken the graxis too mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so uh basically like he yeah there, there's a a bit of a, a an extended sequence where he's trying to get you know, climb out of the stop dangling into the darkness there and uh, get up onto solid footing. And uh, by the time, you know, like by the time Graxus is like, you know, roaring and uh, you know, mm-hmm. doing his thing, um, he gets back to the, uh, to the altar or the beer or what have you, where the Empress was. And she somehow, somehow restored herself like she's she's become full again she's not you know she's flesh uh she's fleshed out again she's not just like a weird mummified skeleton of herself and uh and so graxus tries to tell him that you know oh the you know don't don't do anything that basically that the empress won't be able to heal you uh uh, won't be able to heal this world you know the sun will never return or something to that effect. And that's the thing that sparks uh, in alpha, the realization that he, he he's been healed. Like mm-hmm. the, the leaf that he put over his arrow wound, he pulls it off and he's been, you know, like the, the, the wound is gone. He's, you know, he's restored. And uh, he's, that's where he's like, Oh shit, I can, I can get her. Yeah. You know, like basically he needs to get her out out of the darkness and he tries his flying trick again. And (laughs) this is the part that that sort of funny because like Graxus makes one last swipe and he bursts through the, um, through the top, uh, basically is like a, 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 I guess stained glass roof over the, the, the area. And he breaks through that, uh, and up into the sky and, raises her up beyond the cloud cover and that's what brings the sun back and as the as the sunlight just bathes the world uh graxus is looking out a different window and going like oh no and just <laughs> blast just like nuked by sunlight <laughs> just like the the flesh is torn off of him. All you see is like bones, just like crumble back into the pit. It's great. It's really good. And uh, uh, accompanied by this is the the the, the soundtrack where it's like, oh, he's he's evoking deep forest. <laughs> it felt like a very deep forest track at the end. It's great. All right. Anyway, so uh, I guess. 
we've reached the end of Empress of, of Darkness. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I enjoyed it enough that I've watched it twice and I'll watch mm. it again. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. And the, the music I think helps because as you say, it feels like a rave mm-hmm. visualization. Like it's, it's got a coherent plot. It, it, it is in a way almost like a music video. Um, have either of you ever seen uh, Interstellar 5555? I've watched parts of it, yeah. It, it reminds me of that in a way, where it's like, I could, it almost feels musically driven. And yeah, it's like the yeah, plot is not simple, but straightforward. You'd know, you know enough about what's going on. And the music is kind of there, and it's cool, and it's a little bit in your face, and it just kind of draws you along through it. And it's like, you you can sit there and pay really close attention, but it's not, it's not a a plot or a setting where there's a ton of detail to uncover. It's more just about like taking in the vibe. The vibe is still there on repeat viewings, which is a which which I sometimes am disappointed when I try to go back to something that I vibed with very strongly, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't. It's not quite hitting, you know, the second time. This mm-hmm. this does. Um and uh yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It it really felt to me like it captured something of the quality of animation that makes it uniquely set it for set it uniquely uh I don't know, apt for certain types of storytelling mm-hmm. where it's like there's a lot of action the the specific details aren't as consequential as the fact that there's a lot going on and mm-hmm. like I, I think i think if you wrote this out as a story it would be somewhat tedious to read mm-hmm. without like a lot of like internal stuff added in but yeah. as an animation it's a, it's just very engaging and charming and there's just there's just a lot to like about it and um it it's almost like a type of sci-fi and fantasy that uh is like almost elemental in its appeal and works really well in an audiovisual medium and maybe less so in a written medium. And so I think that's neat and unique and should be cherished and encouraged. Um, and I'd love to, I I'm excited for what Nick DiLiberto does next. And I hope it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. Uh, if I can add one last note, because uh, like one of the things that um, may be lost uh, when I make a comparison to, say, the animation of th- the style of animation that we mentioned, which is sort of like Adventure Time, but sort of grotesque and whatnot, it it, it sounds like I'm um, it 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 doesn't feel real um, to a certain extent, and and. One of the things that's really difficult to convey, uh, you know, in, in right now is the fact that throughout the the um, the movie, like especially Alpha, Alpha moves in these ways that even though he's animated in this very cartoony way, his movements are very fluid and they feel like realistic. Yeah, it's almost uh, like rotoscoping without rotoscoping. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. Like, like it feels very much like he he was he studied how a a body moves, mm-hmm. uh, and he's not cutting corners on on that. Uh, and there's there's also like really uh, interesting things where, like for instance, the commander and his minions will. Uh, they'll be running on two legs and then suddenly like uh, start gal like basically running on all fours mm-hmm. uh, when they're chasing him. It's just really fascinating because it's, it's a, it's a really good trick. It's a really good trick that he's, he's managed to do this real cartoony style, but the movements don't look very idealized or stylized in the same way. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, anyway, uh, that's my last real big thought about that. I, I just really dug it. I, I, I agree with you, Kurt, that even on second watch, like I, there's there's enough there. And I, I think to your point, it's it's something that um, that honestly is fully integrated and thought of 
as part of its own medium. Yeah, exactly. This isn't like a story. It's not like a story that's adapted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I don't know. To your point, I think I don't know that it would work as if I tried to. If someone tried to retroactively try to write this story, I don't think it would work, right? Uh, this is something that's just sort of innate in mm-hmm. the medium. Yeah, uh, and, and what I would say is if you're interested in making this sort of story, instead of spending you know six hours writing a 5,000-word piece of short fiction, you should spend four years drawing 40 <laughs> frames a day every day forever. <laughs> Uh, and just make your own hour-long independently animated feature. You can do it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> you can also release uh, trailers uh, no, I, and then have to re, re- I, recant them because I, I, honestly, man, between between this and that, it just it's it's. I have to say, it is. I feel like if you'd made something like this on your own and you showed this to somebody. 40 years ago, there would be some weird cocaine producer guy who would be like, yes, I'm going to give you a million dollars and 12 animators to make more of this. And now it seems like it just stays an indie thing, which like on the one hand is great for us because it Mm -hmm. means that people keep making these weird indie things to love. On the other hand, it fucking sucks for the artists because they have to keep grinding forever. So my plea is. Hollywood give these people money, but also just let them still be weird. Well, yes. uh, yeah, and and that's the the sad thing I think is that like, the, the, you know, the best that the current system can offer somebody like like Nick DiLiberto is that how you say it? Uh, yep. is like basically you know like uh you know, storyboard on a, a kids show on Cartoon Network. You know what I mean? Like that they, they have these people who have these immense talents, unique visions, and they just get funneled into these, you know, little prepackaged little shows and um just just so much so much is wasted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, let's not <laughs> let's we what have two minutes, but we have or sorry, one minute before this is this is longer than the actual movie. So let's let's, yes. let's try to end it. Go watch this movie. <laughs> Go watch it. It's great. It's, I, it's yeah, great. I don't, we haven't I don't really wanna, spoiled anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna end on a ba- on a downer note. <laughs> this is actually really cool. Go watch it. All right. Um so thanks, gents. Uh Kurt, thank you again for the recommendation. This is great. Go watch and Nova Seed too, it's also cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Let's do all of those things. Uh, and w- I suppose that uh, I do want to thank you both for, for coming in and talking about this and everyone else out there listening for our animation month. Thank you again. And we'll catch you next time here at Podside.